listening to The Poems of Catullus, a series devoted to the works of the Roman poet Gaius Valerius Catullus. Sneezes have an air of mystery in many cultures, and they have been connected to various superstitions. They are explosive and completely uncontrollable. For both Greeks and Romans, sneezing was a good omen, particularly in relation to love. In Catullus 45, the personification of love sneezes on the left and on the right. Not only is this seen as a good omen, affirming what the lovers have just said, but the specific directions of the sneezes have significance as well. For Greeks, a sneeze on the right was particularly lucky, but a sneeze on the left may have been seen as more or less unlucky. In Roman divination, however, left was the traditionally lucky side. Because Acme is a Greek name, whereas her lover Septimius is clearly Roman, the traditional interpretation sees this sneezing refrain as saying that love has made clear that the situation is unequivocally promising for both lovers. The distinction between the lovers' nationalities also serves to highlight the complementary duality that runs throughout the poem. Septimius, for example, expresses his love through talk of future travel and danger in the face of ferocious animals. In doing so, he uses many consonants such as R, S, and P. Acme answers Septimius's declaration in a similarly grand manner, but with the common language of love poetry. She says that the fire of love is burning currently in the very marrow of her being. She uses softer consonants, such as M and double L. Therefore, the lovers themselves, along with what they say, set up a duality between male and female, Roman and Greek, future and present, and between two different forms of rhetoric. Despite their differences, or perhaps because of them, the structure of the poem depicts the lovers woven together creating a steady balance. Each lover has seven lines, followed by the two-line refrain, in which love sneezes. The end is then composed of two parallel couplets, one describing Septimius and one describing Acme, couched within two additional couplets. On a more minute level, the couplets include similar grammatical constructions, and the placement of names and adjectives often embrace or surround each other. It seems clear that the structure of the poem supports the idea of their love as mutual, balanced, and sound. There are scholars, however, who question the traditional interpretation and claim that this sort of love is so out of character for Catullus that the apparent bliss must contain some sort of bitter irony. Some note that it is only the lovers who interpret the sneezes. They argue that the imagery of sneezing, regardless of its connotations with omens, seems a physical and ironic invasion of idyllic boundaries, almost as if love is laughing at the over-the-top and competitive quality of the lover's vows. In this vein of interpretation, the duality of the lovers is seen as ultimately destructive and working against the unity inherent in the structure. Another important point notes that the poem ends as a lingering question to the reader, a device that Catullus only employs in three other poems. Why? Why is it a question, and not a definite statement? Is the implication that this kind of passion can barely exist, 
and certainly can't last? Or is this poetic relationship truly whole and complete in a picture of perfect felicity? I'd now like to read you my own translation of poem 45, followed by a reading of the original Latin. Septimius, holding his love Acme in his lap, said to her, My Acme, unless I love you to ruin, and unless I am also prepared to continuously love you hereafter and for all the years to come, as much as he who possesses the power to perish many times for passion, so let me travel alone to the regions of Libya and sun-torched India, into the territory of the gray-eyed lion. As he said this, love sneezed in approval on the right as before on the left. But Acme, leaning her head back lightly, and having kissed the love-drunk eyes of the sweet boy with those shimmering scarlet lips, said to him, My life, my darling Septimius, because I wish that we always serve this one master of ours. Love's fire is by far greater and more intense for me. It burns in my soft marrow. As she said this, love sneezed in approval on the right as before on the left. Now, having been sent forth from this good omen, with mutual souls they love and are loved. Love sick Septimius desires lone Acme more than any girls in Syria or Britain. Faithful Acme finds desires and pleasures in Septimius alone. Who has seen any people more blessed? Who has seen a more fortunate Venus? Acmen Septimius suos amores tenens in gremio. Me inquit Acme ni Te perdam atquamare poro omne suicidue paratus anos, quantum qui pote plorumum perire, solos in libiindi aquitoste caesio veniobius leoni. Hocut dixit amor sinistradante dextra, stenuit approbationem. At acme, levater caput reflectens, et docis pure brioso celos illo purpure ore suaviata. Sic, inquit, mea vita septimile, huic uni dominusque serviamus, ut moto mihi maior acriorque, ignis molibus ardet in medulis. Hocut dixit, amor sinestro dante dextra, stenuit approbationem. Nunc ab auspicio bono profecti, mutuis animis amant amantur. Unam septimius miselos acmen ma vult quam sirias pitaniasque. Un in septimio fidelis acme facit delicias libidinesque. Quis unos homines beatiores vidit? Quis venerospicat teorem? Thank <laughs> you.